Hi, and welcome to episode 10, Double Digits, of the Sauce Podcast. On this week's episode, we talk about the Olympics and everything that comes with it, and we begin to scratch the surface around parental leave. Molly shares some of her personal experiences around it, and we actually both get a little bit emotional. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoy. Hi, and welcome to the Sauce Podcast, where you will meet your hosts, Molly McKinstry and me, Liz Hajar. We are two colleagues turned friends who have worked together at the same company for nearly 10 years. Molly and I were born three weeks apart on opposite coasts of the US. And while we are nearly the same age, today our personal lives are quite different. And while we share the same job title at work, our paths to getting there have been quite different. Join us each week on the Sauce Podcast, where we will share tips, tricks, and lessons we've learned together over the last 10 years. We both say it's our shared values of hard work to always do our best with a little bit of zaw that has led us to both our friendship and professional success. We hope you tune in each week, enjoy, and have a little bit of fun with us along the way. Hi, Lizzie. Maul, good morning. How are you? Hi. I am good. I'm good. Wait, it is morning for you too because you're in the States. For once we're aligned, Maul. Yeah, I know. I've missed you because I had last week off. So I um, I made it back. I hadn't been home for about six months. So uh, the longest I've ever been outside the U.S. is six months. So I got the itch to go back. And um, I headed back to Seattle to see family. We had a lot of family events. One of our top listeners, my mom, Lynn, she retired after 35 years of teaching. So um, oh, it was really goodness. I know, Lynn. I know. But we she called, yeah, the best. One of our biggest, I think, sauce listeners, by the way. Is- and now even more time to listen now that she's retired. But what an accomplishment. I know. Go mom. She uh, she was an elementary PE teacher. And uh, she yeah, taught for 35 years. And it's cool. I still go around our hometown because we still live in the hometown we grew up in. And she taught around here. And people will see our name on credit cards. And um, my mom and I have the same last name. And they're like, are you are you Mrs. Hajar's daughter? Or she called herself the PE queen. Um, and she told everyone she was 120 years old. So Kids will stop us that are that you know they're now adults and they had her and they'll say you know the impact she had on me to choose a healthy lifestyle to get into running to climbing all like anything is really impactful. So mom, shout out to you. Um, shout out! I love that. That's so cool. And just yeah. congrats on retirement. That's a big deal. It it's is a really big deal and so special for you to be home for it. And I'm sure after six months out of the states, you were ready for a little USA. It was so nice. My sister has a new little babe. I got to meet for the first time. My brother brought his kids up. It was just honestly like some fab fam time. So I'm here this week too, working remote. Um, Glassdoor has been awesome. They're very flexible about that. So getting up a little bit early to work on me at hours, but um, here and time for the sauce, Mal. So it's great. Time for the sauce. I love it. Okay. And I also feel like very timely that you are in the States as we are amidst the Summer Olympics. Oh. I don't know about you, but I am definitely cheering on some fellow Americans every night and our fam is watching together. Have you been watching? Well, the Olympics. 
I either get so in, I'm like, I'm not sending tweets, but I'm thinking about it. You know what I mean? Like I'm following every athlete on Instagram. I am just in on it. And sometimes I just don't get in on it for whatever reason, but this year sign me up. I am, I'm pretty deep. I'm pretty deep. I'm pretty deep. Oh God. I love it. Well, and I feel like there's been a lot, there's been a lot going on even just outside of the events and the athleticism. Um, agree. Yeah. And we can talk about a little bit of that. I, I'm kind of similar that I, I have like a very big amount of pride for watching the Americans and feeling just very, I I mean, I get emotional. I get emotional. We watched, yeah, we watched, was it Sydney McLaughlin? I think is her name. The, who is um, she? She is the, she is the, New Jersey and she won the gold. Won. And I mean, I was, I was crying having oh never God. known a thing about her prior to turning on like that single event. It's amazing. I was like she beat the other American, the other American. Yes. Got Delilah. Like the yes. yes. She got the silver. Yes. It, like it is like, you just see like what these, like some of them are kids, like right. and some of them have been, been able to do this career for so long, but they are blood, sweat and tears this career. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it is, it is intense physically, emotionally, and mentally. We obviously saw um, with Simone Biles, who's a, a you know a crowd favorite and just a yeah. you know a, a country favorite. And so, I agree, Maul. It just is incredible to watch, and I just hope people are they they run to be kind to themselves too, because I'm somebody who can want to work. You know, I can understand wanting to work hard, but sometimes you know it's tough. You know what I mean? It's like a tough yeah. Thing. And I do think so much of being an Olympian, I would imagine, certainly I am not one, but it it is like your mental strength as much as your physical and your abilities. And again, obviously Simone Biles, like we'll talk about that, but you just, you forget that these people, how much they've sacrificed, how much they've given in their life to get to this point and that it's, it's incredible, but it's also probably an immense amount of pressure, just even on themselves, from themselves, not only their yeah. country, pressure from themselves. And themselves, themselves to like want yeah. to perform for everything they've sacrificed. That's a really good point, Maul. And yeah. what's really interesting is I've always like, I wanted like gymnastics when we would watch when we were little. I was obsessed with the Magnificent Seven of the Atlantic Games, Carrie Strug all day. And I remember when my sister and I would watch it. I don't, did you watch it with your sibs? But I yes, would watch it. I remember and, watching my grandma. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. You went home, you went to the LBI. To the yeah. 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 I remember they were always like, the balance beam is a VHS tape. You know what I mean? And it was like, Sarah and I didn't quite line them up, but I was like, oh my God, if we line them up next to us, could we do this? Could like, I was just enthralled oh. with gymnastics was one of my faves. And I think swimming in the in track is rad too. Um, curling, I'm still trying to get into. So I'm, I'm going to get there one year. <laughs> but the thing was, was on the plane ride over, there was like a Lifetime movie or something made off of Simone Biles. And mm. I watched it. I was like, oh my God, let's watch this. I love gymnastics. I'm into Simone. Like, let's do this. And I watched it and um, it was like, they said like 80% were real facts, but I do think Simone at least knew about this movie. And I think it was pretty accurate. Uh, but part of it was they kind of showed her as this high school girl needing to make a choice of, does she continue with gymnastics or quit? And she cry about how badly she wanted to have a normal life and have mm-hmm. friends and date and all that. Yeah. And like, you just even watching that little movie, as you said, Molly, like, like the, the effort they put into this and what they do, the training they do and the mental and emotional, like what they sacrifice yeah. is, yeah, some stuff on their bodies, but also so much more in their lives. So it's just like, 
incredible. And I want to be here to cheer them on. And I want to shout out to our GB listeners, our Great Britain listeners. I'm cheering on GB as well. Yes, um, yes. The, the Great Britain listeners. I know I actually last night in one of the men um, track and field, it was just one of the races. Yeah. Um, one of the Great Britain athlete, athletes did phenomenally. I mean, I think he got second or third. I don't know his name. But yeah, I'm with you. It's pretty, pretty amazing. And it just shows, yeah, like to be the elite, to be the best of the best, which obviously Olympians are. I mean, you just, you pay a lot of prices to get there. And I think that's why I feel emotional watching them. Yes. You can just imagine all that they have done and given and and the people in their lives supporting them, their parents, their caregivers, everybody. I mean, it's just like. Oh, and when they show the videos of the people's the families, families watching, watching oh my I, God. I mean, I'm telling you, I'm oh weeping. God. And my, my son, when we were watching the other night, he was like, mommy, mama, why is this sad? Well, the American one. Yes. Like, I know. <laughs> yeah, like, and like, cause he you knows sad tears, but like happy and like, know. you know, accomplished tears. Oh, mole. I love I it. So like, let's, okay. I want to hear like what some of your favorite events or things I think that came out that we could talk about, you know, yeah. in a couple different events. Um, all, yeah. all one that I really felt was um, interesting was the Michaela. I want to say her name, Michaela Skinner. She's a gymnast okay, yeah. Yeah. who has been okay. So I, w- I don't want to completely mess up the whole story, but from what I understood, she came as either an alternate or she was able to compete to either do the all around or the individual competition. But she was not a part of the USA gymnastics team. And oh, wow, okay. she is twenty four years old, and she's been doing gymnastics. I think since she was you know little but tried out for the Olympics when she was 20 and 16 and never made the team. And I think she's always been good, but never been selected for the team. Uh, And it was really interesting to me as I watched this whole thing unfold. She reminded me a little bit of what we talked about on the sauce two weeks ago about how, like, when do you stick it out? I said eight out of, we kind of, mm -hmm. like I said, I think I said eight out of 10 times. You probably do. Like you need to address a few things, assess a few things and potentially stick it out because you could go to the next level. Right. There's probably two out of 10 times. It doesn't make sense, but Michaela stuck it out and she came and she, she competed for, um, she competed for the, the prelims for, you know, the individuals and the all around event. And she didn't qualify, uh, or she did, but only so many us gymnasts can go on. Yeah. So two went Simone Biles and, um, I think Sunny, Sunny Lee, another us gymnast. So she finished in the, the top eight could go to individuals, but she was the third in line as American. So it was like, let's just say Simone was number one. Sunny was number two. She was number okay. four. Okay. Third American, she couldn't go. So she was pretty much packing up her bags and going. And then all of a sudden, Simone Biles had the case of the twisties and all this stuff came out about this. And, and her mental state was not a good place to perform. So when Simone stepped out of the individual, individual events, Michaela got a step in. Um, wow. Yeah. So many things to be said about that, but she was literally packing up her bags, heading home because she competed and didn't get a spot to shoot in the prelims. She didn't get a spot to go into the finals. When Simone backed out, she got a berth into the finals. Mm. She competed for vault and she got, sorry, spoiler alert, competed for vault and she got silver medal. Yeah. Um, she medaled. Wow. Which. Wow is incredible. And I think her whole life, she has been trying so hard to be an Olympian and like kind of USA gymnastics seems have told her it's like the vibe that I'm getting is like, was kind of like, no, I'm not good enough. No, not good enough. And even if she kind of performed really well, she wasn't chosen for the team, all of that. Again, don't know all the deets there, but in even her Instagram, when she posted winning, she just said like, my journey hasn't been easy. I'm so thankful to be here. Yada, yada. Mm. And so 
I think there was a lot of team there too. I think Simone was probably thrilled that she got a seat. Michaela got that, was able to get that chance as she stepped out on yeah. her own personal things. But it kind of was interesting to see that. But like Michaela probably is happy that she kind of stayed. Did she know that Simone wasn't was going to give her that option? That wasn't in the cards for her. And probably somewhat no. frustrating. But when it came up, I am so proud and happy. Like that was like a huge moment for me of tears in my eyes that she uh. stepped up and was able to deliver. Yeah, I mean, I have tears in my eyes. Too. I know <laughs> it, it's it's just profound. It's like again the human journey, and I think actually tying it into what we were discussing night of just having that perseverance and grit to fight through things that maybe don't always go your way or aren't aren't on the surface shaping up as we think they will or should but sometimes just that fight and that commitment to stay you know resolute even even though it may not happen like thankfully she did because look she ended up getting to compete representing America and getting a silver medal i mean it is right. i truly i have chills it's it's pretty it's profound it's like what she it's like what she trained for her entire life and got that moment and she and she was able to deliver you know what i mean but like mm-hmm. again, as you said the pressure mentally and physically on, on that moment but it's incredible she was able to um accomplish all that she did to get to the olympics but i think winning that medal medal when you sacrifice so much does feel that sweet you know what i mean so exactly that was a really really cool story to watch and i'm michaela shout out to you Congrats. I know. I know. <laughs> yeah. Well, and we did, I realized we didn't even tell our listeners what we would chat about today because one of the topics on, um, mm. on the docket here is maternity leave and yeah. just some of our personal perspectives and experience. I think also tied to that is the responsibility of, um, women in many ways in, you know, raising a family and even s- it, it looks different for everyone, but all of that to be said, I actually think the Simone Biles topic is relevant too, mm. as we segue into that, because you think of talking about pressure, talking about just mental health, taking care of yourself and your well being. You know, she, I feel like, had an impossible choice of do I put my personal health and safety and well being above my ability to compete in the Olympics and be, you know, representing my country, earning more medals. Obviously she, I mean, yeah, has many, she was supposed to be the most, she was supposed to be the most decorated gymnast is what they thought that she would leave this being the most decorated gymnast and like, like the pressure. And I think we don't talk about the pressure that all of us feel in every day, whether it's being an amazing family member, amazing partner, amazing sibling, amazing employee, there's a pressure that's there. You know what I mean? And, um, and I, and I, from how I understand the whole thing, Amal, I know that you kind of followed a lot of this too. Um, at first it was a little bit confusing how they announced it. Like, you know what I mean? I, it wasn't as clear. I feel like. Yeah. Well, for me, and maybe it was because I don't have, um, a deep enough understanding of how the Olympics work. Yeah. I was confused that it felt like they kept announcing she was withdrawing from another event, another event. And and I've obviously uh, since now learned that's how it works. Yep. But I originally thought it meant she was done for the whole thing. 
right, when okay. they originally said, That's you know, I, mm-hmm. but, but then she ended up competing in, I think it was the beam, right? She went back for yes, the, the yes, mm-hmm. and she got a medal. Yes. I mean, yes, I know she's, it's pretty remarkable, but it, it is. And of course, I think 2020 has put mental health and the topic yeah. and some of the stigma around mental health on a very, very huge in the spotlight. And I think appropriately, and it, it does just show that we're humans and we put so much emphasis on physical health, physical strength, eating well, getting sleep, meditating, all the things for our physical well-being. And it, it just has not been discussed openly enough about the state of our, you know, our mental health as well. So I, I just give her so much credit and I found it so inspiring and amazing to just show that human reality. Right. Is that we, we see this Simone Biles who like does things that no one else can do. You know what I mean? It's just like the sport of gymnastics is insane. And you know, we, I think I was as a gymnast lover for, of the, of the Olympics. I was fired up to see, I think it was Shannon Miller who was on the Magnificent Seven Atlanta Games. I think she was beating her out for having the most, um, most medals of a gymnast is what she was tied. And I think with the bronze she got, she now has the most, but we thought Samoa was going to be like Michael Phelps, but you know, we're expecting so much out of her. And I think like, you know, again, watching that little movie on her and seeing how much she's trained over the years it's pretty incredible. And so the pressure she showed up with, I think then gave her this kind of what they say, the mental case of the twisties, um, that like she couldn't even, she couldn't even twist correctly. You know what I mean? Like she would, she could have fallen on her head if she had twisted a certain way to call, to not, to choose to not put her life at risk and to realize that there was a mental problem and the courage it would take to say that, because I think as a fierce competitor, you're like, no, I'm good. I'm good. I got this. I can do it. And I think yeah, to be able to say that, I think in front of the entire world, it's not just the U.S. that was trying to spoon, everyone was looking at her, to be able to say, I am unwell, like, I, not physically, I, I can't, yeah, mentally. I can't, cannot put myself in that position. I know. It, it's pretty amazing. I mean, I, I do have chills. And it's also a reminder that while we were talking about how much we love watching the Olympics, how much we love rooting for the Americans, all of this, like at the same time, you know, these athletes and these Olympians, they're not here for us. Like they they don't write to anybody. And I do think that that when you saw people reacting angry and frustrated and it's like, no, Simone's well-being and health and her obligation to herself matters more than her obligation to anybody else, including, yes, her country. And I thought the way that she cheered on her teammates and she was supporting them was, again, just truly world-class sportsmanship that you just, it just so much of the Olympic Games bring out this year, at least, I've seen a lot of good and I feel so like much. progress in humanity, which uh, just gives me the feels. It because gives me the feels. So much. And I love exa- I love the sportsmanship. And a lot of people are saying the sportsmanship of this year, like the two high jumpers yes. that tied for gold. That was, it was oh, Italian and I can't say her. So cute. The re- it was wonderful. But like, do you know how hard it probably was for Simone to sit in the bleachers and not be able to compete? Huge. Yeah. And then on top of that, yeah. to cheer on her teammates and be like, go get them. 
I know that me pulling out sounds weird because, but like, I think I could actually ruin our metal chances based on my mental state. And it was like, what Simone's like the best, you know, but exactly mall. It's like, we all, people are upset because like we put all this pressure on one person to like give us what entertainment to make us feel good, whatever it is, you know, to see these incredible things. But there comes a time where mentally it just can't happen. I think that's incredible and a very, very, very fair thing. Yeah, it reminds me. I mean, I I don't know if everyone listens or follows Glennon Doyle. I I love her. She has, I think, such a just fresh and amazing outlook on life and on people and who we are. But I I remember reading something she had posted just around how she parents her children and how she has said to them before like you under no circumstances are allowed to like disappoint yourself or betray yourself, even if it means Mm. you disappoint me as your mom. Yes. Always. I'm going to cry. Yeah. Always choose disappointing me, your parent over yourself. And it just feels like what a, I think a big evolution in how our generation is being raised and the things we're being exposed to compared to, you know, ones before us. I, I find it, just so inspiring truly yeah I love that Glennon says that because I you know I guess I've never thought about that as like take care of truly yourself because you want to please yes your parents the world your friends yeah. but yeah. are you taking care of yourself it's no. okay I so that's such an interesting um that's such a good way to say it Maul. I like that oh. thank you Glennon yeah I know I know I'm feeling it I'm feeling it yeah well Okay, so Olympics, obviously, and I love, Lizzie, that you're in the States getting to watch them. I, I am. And so, yeah, just so many phenomenal lessons and uh, just triumphant outcomes yeah. for um, so many athletes across the world. But let's shift gears because we're 20 minutes in, and I do oh, yeah. want to get to the topic of the day, which is maternity leave and, and paternity leave and just parental leave. But I think, you know, my perspective that I will be able to shed light on is specific to being a mom and maternity leave. But I think we thought it would be a good segue to Simone Biles and to just pressure and being women and Mm -hmm. in the workplace, being a woman who has career goals and ambitions and also family goals and time realities, you know, it's a, it's a pretty big meaty topic that I think we just want to get into a little bit today. I think it would be great. And Mo, a lot of people reached out. So thank you listeners kind of said, wow, we didn't know Molly has four children. You know, we like, we've known Molly as your friend or people that, you know, didn't even, didn't know you Molly in my life are like, well, we've heard the podcast. We'd love to hear Molly's perspective on that leave and all that. So I actually think there's so much to be said around this. Like, um, I obviously do not have any kids, but want to have kids one day. And so I have a certain perspective around that, but I think what would be awesome. I think we actually have a few episodes to dive into some of these topics yeah. but I think today would be great to touch on a few. Um, and mall, like one thing is, is like, is I think there's so many things, but like how much time should a man and a parent should a parent have off? You know what I mean? Mm, Um, and is there a number on that? How do we help support parents once they have kids? Um, and Bumble actually just released that they're now giving, um, they're giving a lot of different benefits, kind of mental health benefits. They're kind of saying and benefits to their employees, it's two weeks off per year, kind of like a spring break and a, and a holiday break at the end of the year, I think is what it is, but it's two full weeks off, unlimited PTO, work remote or work in an office. Um, and the big thing is, is Matt, it's paternal leave for six months. Yeah. And one month after 
to help transition into the workforce. Um, and then they also are like domestic abuse. If you, if you suffer from any domestic violence or a miscarriage, they're giving you anywhere from like 15 to 30 days off to work through that. So just a lot more awareness on yeah. what people go through mentally and physically. Today's episode around like particularly child child bearing or yep. adopting. So yep. Bumble is adoption, surrogacy, or um, adoption, surrogacy, or um, birthing a child, yeah. having your own child um, is what those benefits are for. So I think I, it'd be great to hear your perspective, Molly, on someone who's gone through mat leave four times, you know what I mean, um, on different angles of it. So I don't, I'll let you kind of start with maybe sharing a little bit of your journey of mat leave. Yeah. And I love that. And Liz, I know you had shared with me that Bumble was... I think recently just announced yeah. a lot of just very, very employee centric benefits and related to mental health and parenting. Just it's, I feel like more than ever companies are being pushed to prioritize mm-hmm. this stuff and, you know, realizing that employees aren't just employees, they are people, they are parents, like there's just yeah. so much more. And then the whole person needs, needs to be treated as such. Yeah. So I, certainly have, you know, my experiences having four kids and I've been very fortunate. I've had all four of my kids at Glassdoor and I, I have felt largely so supported and in a very healthy environment as work goes, um, related to having kids. Now that also being said, it, even Glassdoor has had to evolve you know, what they offered over the years, as many companies, including Bumble, have had to as well, because Mm -hmm. you do, I think, have to meet the moment. And as employees are giving feedback, and as I think, again, just mental health and wellness is being rightfully prioritized, all companies are being really pushed to revisit and look at what policies they have. And is it, is it enough? Exactly. And exactly as you say, Maul, people who are having growing their families and having children are going through, they are going through their being a parent, having a family, you know what I mean? All of that, having their spouse or their partner, um, all of that happening as well as showing up to work. And yeah. what is enough to make sure people come back and feel supported? As you said, you felt supported. Um, and I know some companies give um, employees the month off before the birth, birth date to prep for the birth and get prepared. Right. for all of that and then yeah. give them a, a formal paternal paternal leave before that's usually the females what i've heard not so much the males and in the, the examples that i know but like what is what is right how do you ask for that time off yeah. um do you extend your mat leave all of that so yeah yeah, yeah. i know I've had four experiences and they all have varied and they've all been Mm. pretty different. One stands out though for me, which was my oldest daughter, my second leave. Yeah. Lily. Mm -hmm. When I had Lily, we lived in San Francisco and it was actually the first time I was going to be returning back from maternity leave into an office full time. Because when we had, when I had Hanley, um, my son, I was actually remote. I remember I did that. That's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. So Lily was my first experience of, okay, tomorrow my mat leave is over and I am back to the office. I am getting in my car at 7 a.m. I'm driving over to the Golden Gate Bridge. And like I, that's it until, you know, 5.30 tonight. And that, I will be honest, was a really, really hard 
adjustment. And I, you know, there are funny moments and, you know, like teary moments, but I kid you not, Liz, on my very first day back, I remember I bought this dress, you know, not all my clothes fit me. I was definitely... you know, I was still nursing. I would, I knew I would you always comfy. Yes. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. Fab. But well, you I, fab. oh my goodness. No, it's, it's been a journey. That's for sure. But I remember you spend the night before just getting everything organized. Do I have, you know, do I have enough milk mm-hmm. to have the baby fed all day? Do I have everything packed that I'm going to need? I wanted to make sure I would, I would be pumping at work three or four times based yeah. on how long I was going to be there. Do I have everything? So turned out I didn't have everything and mm. I drove to work and I was in this dress that I had just bought couldn't it didn't even have a zipper so let me tell you when i first got to the pumping room to make the first bottle of the day i couldn't get myself out of my dress couldn't get myself out of my dress i'm like um, you know panic is setting in i yeah. ended up having to completely derobe like i yeah. had to get basic <laughs> nude in yeah. the mom in that- what we what we called at the time the mom's room it was yeah. the breastfeeding room yeah. And I'm like, God help one of my one of my fellow colleagues if someone Walks else is coming and pump right now because I am just naked. Nude. Yeah. I've got on undies yeah. and nothing else. I so mean, I, you know, I know. I know. So I do this and then I'm I'm already, you know, a little a little frazzled, right? I'm like two yeah. hours into work, three hours into work. I'm naked. I'm getting all my pump on and going, and I forgot one of the parts that I needed. And um, I'm going to like actually called the wrong thing. I think it's called the flange or something. I mean, it's like friends, the flange. Yes. You cannot pump without it. And I didn't have it. So you're nude and you realize you can't even fully nude. You can't get the milk out. So I am sitting here like, what am I going to do? Obviously, you need to go into um, resolution mode. And I think because Liz is at her mom's house, we're having Lynn's (laughs) phone ring, which I love. It is. Okay, I will speed it up. Do you know what I ended up doing? I ended up having to get my clothes all back on. And because I lived in San Francisco and our office was in Mill Valley, been a 25 minute ride for me to go home. So I got dressed I remember and this. I went to Walgreens. There was a Walgreens yep. super close to the office. I mean, probably a six minute drive. And thankfully they had the Magella like starter kit for breast, um, for pumping, which I, by the way, like they certainly could have not, I don't know what I was going to be doing. <laughs> And, but, you know, I bought it. I get back to the office. I get naked again. I pump. It takes me basically 90 minutes instead of 30. But I just remember, Liz, I, I totally sat in that room and cried. I yes. totally sat in that room and cried. And I just remember feeling like, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know mm-hmm. if I can do this. <laughs> this and what is made you just, cry? Yeah. Like, why was it hard? I think the reason I cried just really feeling so overwhelmed. I just remember the feeling of overwhelm. 
I mean, I, I, I even just re-describing it to you all, I can, I feel my throat, like I feel it in my stomach of just, oh my goodness, I, I couldn't fathom how I was going to be able to be good at all of the things I now needed to be good at, right? Because now I'm back to work. Now I have employees who are, who haven't had me here supporting them for three months. They need me. They deserve me being here and supporting them. But I have a baby who literally can't eat if I'm not sitting in this room pumping and making her you know, a bottle. And I mean, of course she could eat. I I wasn't supplementing with formula at this point, but I'm just saying I felt truly like just tears yeah. and I was still nude. Still. I guess, nude. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Holly, I actually remember this day. You can go, Elizabeth, Elizabeth. And I'm like, what mall? And you're like, I lost, I don't have a part. I can't pump. I think you told me you were, you were like, I was nude upstairs. I was like, do I need to go? You need me to go get something? Like, no, I am going. I will see you in a bit. And I think I remember that. And like, I think probably so many mothers and maybe fathers that are listening or people who've been through this. And like, I think the pumping and this whole newborn process, especially what we're focused on, can relate mall because like there's there's a, a pressure. I, I don't know. We can say we put on ourselves, a company, so whoever it is or whatever it come, wherever it comes from, this pressure of like, I got to go pump. Okay. And like you go pump, you do it. But now it's a 90-minute ordeal. And as you said, there's a team waiting for me. I'm supposed to be getting back to emails. Where are we? We live in a world that's fast, fast, fast. And so I think there's this pressure that fathers possibly too, but I think we can speak to, and again, actually, I'll let you speak. Mothers feel when they get back and it's it's after three months off, yeah, you're packing up your car. Maybe you're dropping off your kids at daycare for the first time or the week before was your first run. You're dropping off Handman and Lil at daycare potentially. And then there's that. You know what I mean? And, And I just think, that is incredible what you go through in that day in 90 yeah. minutes just to pump because you have to, your body needs it out of you and your children, your child needs it to survive. That's just yeah. like, that is, that is tear worthy, Mal. That is <laughs> yes. very yeah. heavy. And it's like, and I think there's a lot of kind of, what we kicked off with this is there's a lot of like, you know, a lot of, um, a lot of attention on how do we support mothers? Yeah mothers more and fathers as well, but I think mothers as well and this newborn stage, especially. Yeah. And it is so, um, it's so interesting because everybody's scenario is different. And even for all four of my kids, my scenario was different. So, mm. but w- sticking with Lily specifically, because again, I went to work every single day. I was so fortunate. My, our family was so because at this point, Ty was able to stay That's home right. with her. So I didn't even have, I wasn't yeah. also dropping her at daycare to have her leave the house. So in many ways, I had those things working in my favor. My baby was home safe. She was with her dad and her big brother. Like all, you know, felt, I felt so fortunate for that. But at the end of those days, I would get home and rightfully so, Ty, my husband, my partner, he's exhausted. He yeah. is like, oh my gosh, this baby, the all she wants is you. You've literally been holding her for three months straight. And, yeah. you know, and I just, these were such real, real, like life moments in our, in our family, for our marriage, for me, as I just reflect on the last, you know, 10 years, nine years of being a mom specifically, like th- those were hard. Those were really, really hard. Cause I'm home from work now. I'm exhausted. I kind of want to yeah. 
bed. Um, I know, you know Maul. I know. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Ty's like, I need a break. And he uh, rightfully so and deserved one. So there is just so much. And it is hard to say nobody's experience is exactly the same. Again, people have nannies. People go to daycare. People, what ended up happening to me for both then Quinn and Sadie And it was part of the reason why we decided to move back to Colorado from San Francisco is because we decided for our family, it it was too much. Like that wasn't going to work for the life we wanted. And so that was when we told my career journey. And I said, in 2016, we moved back to Colorado. A huge, enormous reason for that was so we could have more kids and the family, you know, life that we wanted. But here's the thing, Liz, like, do I not feel like I sacrificed maybe an experience with my job here or there had I not become remote? Mm. Yeah, I absolutely do. I remember you were going, when I moved back to Denver, you were moving to Chicago to open the office. And I remember saying to you, I would love to get to go open an office. Like that would feel so amazing and inspiring and awesome to me, but I, I can't, I wouldn't even be able to raise my hand for that if I wanted to. And I had like, I was so happy for you, but genuine envy that you get to go do that. And I just found that so amazing, but it was also where I was in my life. Like we couldn't have gone and done that. Yeah. Yeah. And Maul, I feel fair. Thank you so much for sharing that. Cause I I hope for everybody listening out there, you know, I think we have, so from this, I think we have so much to dive into. How would a company support somebody who's now that, that that is, you know, pumping that has newborns, all that. Some of you listeners might go, I went through that exact same thing where I've had moments where I just cried and maybe you adopted and you aren't breastfeeding or, or you are, you had your own kid and you aren't breastfeeding. So maybe the pumping story, but like, maybe you weren't pumping, but there's something that happened that like you also just were, you know, evolving into this new chapter in your life. And there was just challenges, you know? Um, I think that's it. It's not the, it's not the verbatim details of that story because what I do think the, the feeling is that anybody who has had a, a child or gone back to work after a significant amount of time away that re-entry and that transition is, it, it is a lot. It, it took a lot out of me every single time. That time the most profoundly because I drove into the office every day. And as I was saying, for both Quinn and Sadie, my third and fourth born, I was remote. And so those re-entries that first day back to work, no question was easier on me. I, it was easier. I wasn't packing bottles. I wasn't, you know, with a 30 minute commute, it was easier, but mentally still, oh my gosh, now I'm having adult conversations and, and again, needing to be this impactful, high performing leader just 12 hours ago, I literally have really done very little other than trying to keep my brand new baby alive Alive. and safe from her older siblings who are putting, you know, their fingers in her eyes. Like it's just a big, big transition. It's incredible. And I think for everybody listening, I think your first mat leave Molly was correct me if I'm wrong, was seven weeks. Yeah. Yeah. My first leave. And because we were such a small startup, I was the first employee at the company who ever had a leave of absence. I was the first employee who had ever had a leave. 
And we just, we didn't have this big, robust program. And so we just stand, state standard six week. And then I ended up like adding a week on. But yeah, I was back to work. Hanley's birthday is August 7th. Funny enough, he's turning I can, nine. I, I know. Okay. Happy birthday, Handman. And I, I am, cannot believe it. So exciting, I know. But like crazy. I know, but he was born August 7th and I went back to work October 1st. So yeah, it was like seven or eight weeks. Uh, it just, Incredible. it was just what it was. Yeah. And I think that Maul, you have come back so nicely. Other thing that I want to say is like, you've taught me so much. You've taught me so much um, around children and what a pump, we call it the pump room at Glassdoor where you pump and sometimes you'd be like, I'm like, Maul, can you try like pump room? And I, that was my favorite room at Glassdoor outside the locker room, but that was my favorite. <laughs> and I learned so much from you about pumping. I can't even thank you for all that you've taught me about kiddos. With that being said to Maul, what I love about this podcast and what I think we really like what made us want to do it was you were such a huge cheerleader for me. And I could like tear up about um, me going to Chicago and me going to London. And I don't know why I'm just so emotional (laughs) about it, but uh, maybe the Olympic talk kicked it off. And so (laughs) I think the thing is, is that you didn't get it, raise your hand and I could, and you always helped me see how lucky I am that I got to do it. And like, listen, thankful the company believed in me to do it, but it was so nice of you to be such a strong friend to me and like a best friend that said, Lizzie, go. It's an amazing opportunity. And, yeah. and you, and in that place, like, you know, you couldn't end. And it was just so big of you to be able to do that. And so that's what I think what's so cool is that we have some differing experiences because of a beautiful thing happening in your life. And in my life, the beautiful thing was my, my options for my career at that time. And while you still had amazing options, Maul, it was just cool that some of those things, um, you were such a great support to me while you were going through so many cool things, but different things, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, listeners, Liz and I are both crying. <laughs> we have very real tears in our eyes. And uh, yeah, I think again, you can just tell we have a lot of real love for each other and it has been just such a journey and we've been at different phases of that journey. Again, same, same age in many ways. We lived in the same place for a very long time, but such different day-to-day life experiences and always, you know, your biggest cheerleader and will be forever. Yeah. And thank you, Maul. And I think that from this, we can, we can probably wrap here. So I think yeah. it's a great entry. And I know we've, what we've, we've said, we have some great topics and I think it was an awesome entry into the mat leave. And thanks for being so open, Maul, about the, the beautiful and also the tough <laughs> in it. And I, and I do think there's the other side of it too, that we've talked about a little bit as, as someone who's looking at one day, me wanting to have kids one day and family planning, I guess I would say starting a family, let's say yeah. um, people are family planning, but starting a family, and my career, what does that look like? Like, do I do, can I go and interview pregnant somewhere? Can I like, what is that? And if I go to a company, get pregnant within three months, do I deserve that? Should I, do I feel guilty? Yeah. And I think there's a lot of, a lot to be said around that whole thing. Um, as well that yeah. I'd love to dive into around as people are starting to have child number one, two, three, whether, you know, however they're having that child. I think there's a lot to be said around how the workforce how we, how we address that and how we feel about Yeah. 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 No, I agree. And thank you for letting me tell the story. Thank you all for listening. And I do just want to stress, you know, I've been so fortunate, I think so supported by my company, by my husband. I've, I've, hi. Oh, 
add and even still it's hard, you know, and that's the, that's the truth of it. So a lot more to go on this topic, I feel, but what a, what a fun one to share today. And with tears, tears over the Olympics, tears over um, (laughs) all of it, just really, really thankful for you, Lizzie and thankful for uh, the sauce. Yeah. And thanks, Maul. And I think everybody, um, a couple things before we sign off here, I think that there's more that we'll want to dive into on Matt Leaf stuff. So stay tuned and please DM us anything that you'd like Maul to dive in more to, and we can focus on that. Um, and then the other piece is we are working on getting um, guests on the podcast. So yes. we're hoping this is our 10th episode. And so we are hoping to get a guest on here um, in the next couple. So hang tight, but we think we have some exciting people lined up. Um, yes. So thanks again to all of our listeners for tuning in. Please share, um, please subscribe. That kind of counts to the download and that helps a ton. Um, continue the feedback. You guys are awesome. We really appreciate you. And Maul, yes. so good to see you. I Ditto. missed you last week. Ditto. All right. All thank you. And Lizzie, we'll talk soon. We'll see everybody next time. I love it. Thanks for the tears, Maul. Didn't let me cry. <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to episode 10 of the Sauce Podcast. We hope you enjoyed our biz tips and personal anecdotes we shared today. We'll see you again in a couple of weeks with more business tips and life experiences. If you liked today's episode, please follow, rate it, and review it. Perhaps give it a little share on social media. Molly and I would like to state that everything stated on this podcast is our own opinions and not shared on the behalf of others or on our employer, Glassdoor. Thank you.